I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. FT Money's adventurous investor columnist David Stevenson caught up with U.S. investment commentator John Maudlin at a recent conference in London to discuss strategies for the long term. So David began by asking John whether buy-and-hold investing was now effectively dead. I think that may be the wrong way to look at it. Um, Buy-and-hold investing is something that was basically foisted on investors by an industry that wanted to keep assets under management in times of uh, uh, market volatility. So if you're a long-only manager... Uh, and that's your hammer, then all the world looks like a nail. So if you're a fund manager, you're not going to stand up and say, you know, I don't think it's a good time to invest in my fund. I think we'll just shut it down. Uh, uh, You'd be fired. If you're a uh, 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 most uh, uh, brokers and advisors are notoriously bad at market timing, um, for good reasons. It's just damn bloody difficult. Okay, but we trained an entire two generations of money managers and MBAs um, to think that they can do it, and so we shouldn't be surprised that if we premise an entire industry on on bad ideas, that we have bad consequences. I mean, and one of those consequences, one of those bad ideas was buy and hold. Um, yes, if you've got 70 years, I suppose it works. Um, and it's extraordinarily difficult to find alternatives and, and other investments. I mean, and by extraordinarily difficult, I mean it's really hard. And furthermore, if everybody tried to do it, it wouldn't work. And then we'd be talking about why other things are bad ideas. Um, I mean, the, the, the whole concept of trying to compound money over time is, is uh, fraught with all sorts of problems. The biggest problem being that the pool, the pie that we're trying to cut from is growing at you know, 5 to 6% per year. So that means everybody's total portfolio can't compound it much more than that in real terms. Okay? And in real terms, 
we're probably talking 3% compound after, after inflation. And then you got to take away taxes. So, because the government's a destroyer of capital, not a, not a creator of capital, and, and, and capital in, in the sense of, of, of true value long term. We're finding out now that governments can, in fact, create capital pretty if they want to. <laughs> but 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 that's 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 a completely different type of, of yeah. uh, something that I was talking about. Anyway, the, the 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 difficulty for an investor is is to try to decide, you know, what it is that I want my money to do. How is it that I want it to compound? And 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 to get away from the notion that somehow the stock market is investing. No, no, no. It's it's a different form of gambling, and you're gambling on uh, rising productivity. You're gambling on rising uh, uh, price to earnings ratios. You're gambling on all sorts of things. From time to time, not a bad gamble. Uh, as it turns out, we the world seems to work for a variety of reasons, psychological, economic, and very, very long cycles. Um, we, if we're talking in market terms, we call them secular bears and secular bulls. And these cycles are an average of about 17 years. And when you're in a secular bull, yes, you can buy and hold for you know, the medium to short term because there the market is at your back. You've got rising P to E ratios, which overcomes a multitude of sins. But in secular bears, you've got over time um, um, falling P to E ratios. You've got the headwinds of difficult economies and your, your errors get compounded. Um, now, if you've got uh, 30 to 40 years to go through a full cycle, okay, maybe. But the reality is, if you start today in the U.S., I'm not certain about, I haven't seen the study in, in London, but if, if you start today in the U.S. and go back to 1966, you would have been better off buying a 20-year government bond, not even a corporate. You know, we're not even talking about the juice you get in the corporate but just a 20-year government bond each year and rolling it over, then you would have been investing in the stock market. Since 66? Since 66. For 40 years, there has been no risk premium. And yet, we tell investors, you know, we're going to give you a, a 4 to 5% risk premium over, over of, of stocks over bonds. That's the long-term premium. Well, I'd suggest that, you know, 40 years is the long-term that's a pretty long run. Uh, I mean, it, 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 your returns in the stock market are highly, intensely correlated with the valuations of the market at the beginning of the period for which you're investing. Um, and while some would argue that stocks are cheap today, if you use the 10-year, you know, long-term Schiller average. I go, well, maybe, because in part of those 10-year long-term earnings, we have an inordinately uh, high run of uh, uh, corporate earnings relative to GDP. I mean, just out, 
way out of, 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 of the long-term mean. Plus, 40% of the earnings at some point was from financials, which now that we go back and we really, you know, start to look at what it was, at least half of which was false. We're writing it all down. I mean, some banks are writing down profits for what would have been 10 years worth of profits. Okay, I mean, it's just, you know. Um, so you start smoothing some of that out. Uh, stocks maybe not all that cheap here. Uh, will they get cheaper? I, you know, my guess is that they will, but that's just a guess. As, you know, I, I would have to say I don't know. Uh, but I, I just don't know that it's worth the risk um, at this point. What I want to get at is that amazing the statistic you say since '66. Um, I was born in '66, so what you're saying is that in my entire life, in fact, if I if my parents put some money down when I was born, and I would be inheriting it now. In fact, I would have made better money out of T-bills. So it's just quite an astonishing. A twenty-year bond, not twenty. 20, 20 sorry. Um, which is quite an astonishing statistic. So are you effectively saying to investors, don't bother with equities? No, I, I would say don't bother with indexes. Okay. Okay, I mean, I, I think that um, um, index investing, yeah. okay, I'm just going to buy the FTSE yeah. or, or the Euro uh, or the Dow. Yeah. I, I, I would say that's problematic. Yeah. Um, in the the uh, on a I think it was the study that I, I did and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong but I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago uh, that I, I did with Rob or not uh, that if you take the original Dow from 1928 when they expanded to 30 in real terms it was like 1992. I mean, it was some incredible, it was like 40 years or something, maybe it was in the 60s, before you broke even, in real terms, okay? It was, you know, uh, in, 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 uh, if you invested going back to 1966 in, in, in the, the Dow or the S&P, in real terms, it was 26 years before you had a profit, 92. I mean, it, it's so, now, could you have bought? You know, Microsoft and, and, and Intel and other stocks like that and done well? Sure. But, but no. that's being a stock picker. That's being a, 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 a value manager, if you will. Uh, that's saying, I want to own part of a business. That's, that's being an investor. Um, um, you know, so. So, do you think that basically the only way out of the conundrum of not that the, the investors have been taught not to take undue risk by stock picking, thus they tend to increasingly gravitate towards either actively managed funds that, in reality, are index huggers, but but covering themselves up as, as not. Yes. Or they've gone straight to index and ETF funds and are becoming very popular in the UK. That that is that's that's a flawed wisdom. That in fact, that they have no other choice than to take the extra risk of having to pick shares. Well, I think for most investors, um, trying to value invest—I mean, trying to invest on their own—is is pretty difficult. I mean, they, you need to be prepared to spend some time. 
if you're going to be an investor. Um, I mean, you're competing with professionals. You compete, and not all of them are good, maybe. Um, but um, the the you're probably better off finding you know a manager, and and spend your time picking managers, than than spend your time uh, uh, picking stocks, um, unless you're prepared to spend some time. Okay, but on the, let's, let's look at the, the, um, uh, the picking the manager. In the UK, a lot of investors are very big fans of people like Neil Woodford and Vesco Perpetual. He's our Bill Miller mm-hmm. in, in, in UK terms. The, the problem that many, many, many people, not just efficient market theorists, um, throw at that, the, 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 the picking the good fund manager route is that just as much as it requires skill to pick stocks, and that skill can sometimes be variable and sometimes you can your luck can run out and uh, same with and, and you can do a Bill Miller and then end up all the index for three years um, you can do the same with picking the fund managers right no no it, it's very I, tough I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say it was easy no. I mean in essence that's my, been my business for a very long time is picking managers and um, um, there are very very few managers that I have money with today that I would have had money with ten years ago yeah. I mean um I mean, that's just managers go in and out of style, um, and so uh, just as stocks have their day, um, yep. I mean, and, and and you know you have to blend managers who are non-correlated, if you will, to to um, and who are who, who different styles and different markets, um, to to. Um, create some type of portfolio that has some reasonable volatility to it, um, though the individual managers may be more volatile. Um, and, and that means, and, I, and, I, and I'm increasingly don't like the word alternatives, uh, because I, I think it somehow says that there are stocks and bonds and anything else is an alternative. And... Um, I mean, I guess in one sense that's true, but we shouldn't think that way. We should we should look at it. I mean, it's like looking at a menu and saying, "Okay, there's meat and potatoes, and everything else is an alternative." Now, I, I suppose there are some guys that that might be true for, but but uh, uh, it, it's a wide menu, and there's a lot of restaurants. Picking up any alternatives, then, I just want to come back to that now, because I think it's absolutely crucial. In these difficult environments, this whole concept absolute returns becomes hugely important, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, that's been fetishized in the UK and turned into a whole investment category by itself. But what you're effectively saying here is, you, you, to use your meat and veg example, is that meat, veg, and whatever it is that's sitting as the alternative, the alternatives are for too long been sort of almost marginalised and regarded as something, you know, I'll add 10% to alternatives, and, and mm-hmm. but it's not my main thing. What you're sort of suggesting here is a clarion call and sort of saying here that actually we need to sort of more mainstream alternatives because they have, uh, they're a huge range of stuff, many, many well, different... Uh, Where do you think that growth uh, well, is going to come from in alternatives? Well, the, the... First of all, in a secular bear market, your bogey is not to beat the market. Yeah. Your bogey is to beat zero. Yes. Okay. Um, and... and uh, so, the, the we've been we've been we've allowed an industry to 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 capture our minds 
and the mindset of investors saying stocks are for the long run. Stocks are for the way to go. And and they've it's it's like a sports fan being told you should only play soccer and don't pay any attention to anything else. And there are a whole subcult of people that all they think about is is football. Okay? Many in Britain. Many in Britain. But 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 there's actually other things, okay? Um and uh, uh but it's it's like quadruply true in investments because an entire generation of professors and, and have have felt that they could quantify the markets and they could model it i mean uh, i won't use the professor's name but he's extremely well known uh, he you know who says economics is a science and and there again that's verbalized you know, uh, um, you know, economic garbage. Um, it, it's not a science. You can't model it. We just are not... We don't have enough data points. We don't have enough uh, uh, anything to be able to model it. Like, I can, you know, I can pretty much predict uh, what the average weight of a person in England is going to be or what the average height is. I can model that. That's something you can model. You can model average temperatures yeah. okay you can't model markets You're, there's too many what we call fat tails out yeah. there and and but but we've got an industry that thinks a tells us they can't and b it's just a whole lot easier to sell stocks okay because that's what we've been told and that's what all these models predict it's a whole lot easier to sell stocks than it is to go out and, and actually go to work for a living, um, finding absolute return strategies. Absolute returns is hard. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, could, I could pick stock pickers if I wanted to. I, there's nothing that constrains me about uh, where to put client money. I could do anything. Um, and it, it would be really easy to go out and, okay, I'm going to pick these 10 best stock managers of these funds because here's the track record and look what the curves are and here's what it projects. And I could present my clients with these wonderful mathematical marks and market, uh, models and, and charts and graphs and lots of color, and it would look also very good. And, and because I'm a persuasive guy, they go, yeah, but it'd be utter bullshit. Because, because at the end of the day, the, the rationale for creating all that stuff is fundamentally flawed. I mean, we've, we've just... And, and, and the problem is, people believe it. They're very sincere. There were a lot of Nobel Prizes given for this fundamentally flawed stuff that we're now looking back and going, uh, maybe, maybe efficient markets not quite work. Maybe cap-in doesn't quite... Maybe we can't, you know, do the quant analysis and lever up seven times and... Um, but a uh, um, little background noise to yes, it's um, passing by. The, the the I mean, my research and and then you know just some painful stripes on my back, being in the business for a while, just as, just says to me, 
No, you got to try to beat zero. It's harder than it looks. Um, now, at some point, when when valuations get so low, there, it, it, I change my business model. I tell my clients, okay, we want to start taking some exposure, some real exposure, to the stock market, and we may even actually buy some of those index funds, which I now think are are, are bad things because we we have valuations and and. We've worked through the problems in the economy. I mean, look, if you bought at the very bottom in 82, and then you bought it in 85, it would have made some difference. I mean, you'd have had that three extra years compounding, no question about it. But your, your run from 85 to 97, 98 was still been pretty good. Because if you'd have bought in 78, rather than 82, oh, you would have suffered. So, you know, it, it, now, your valuations weren't bad in 78, but you had two more uh, recessions to go through. And, you know, when you can see, just watch the yield curve. When the yield curve inverts, get out of the market. Just get out. I mean, you know, there are things you can do to look at stuff and, 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 and get some idea of when to get in and when to get out. Uh, uh, <coughs> and in today's world, you know, I just want to see if I can make 6, 8, 10%, 12%. I think there's ways to do that. Uh, but I don't have to, um, uh, I, I don't have to limit myself to, to uh, um, equities. Alternative then. So let's, let's just, just touch on this briefly as a last thought then. What, what should people be looking for in this whole, I don't like the term like you do, alternatives, but let's use that term for the time being, alternatives. What should they be thinking about doing over the next few years? Um, depends on their level of net worth. Yeah. Okay, I mean, they're really the, government, the world's structured so that the rich have better off, uh, opportunities than, 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 than the, the less rich, let's call it. Um, but they should be looking at... Um, Basically, businesses, and they can. And by the way, they, it doesn't have to be a, a, a hedge fund. Uh, they should be looking at business models that says, "I'm says here's how I'm going to produce eight to ten to twelve percent. Whether and, and I'm going to give it to you in the forms of, of a dividend, or I'm going to give it to, to forms of um, distributions, um, and and, uh, and and if you can find businesses that can do that, then that's fine." Uh, I, I, I want somebody paying me to to, to uh, uh, invest with them. Um, I like um, volatility plays, uh, market timers, asset allocators, fixed income traders, um, uh, that type of thing. So uh, the macro space. The, the macro space. Uh, I'll tell you who's been very good, and, I'm, and we're allocating a lot more client money to it, is just the the train old, plain old trend following commodity funds. CTAs. Yeah, I mean they're just, you know, uh, the, 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 there's a lot of, of of good guys in that space. Now you got to do your own work because uh, there's a lot of startups out there, a lot yeah, of people, a lot of people with wonderful models, and they're again they, they give you the charts and yeah, with yeah. the graphs and arrows and the, the presentations, and it's, um, you know, it's pretty, but it's not really, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, something. But there are some solid old names. Um, 
guys that have been around a long time. Um, and if you put a portfolio of them together, um, you can you can give yourself the chance to make some good returns. And if you see them as a group and not as individuals, um, without with with some reasonable volatility. I mean, trend followers by definition are going to lose money at time yep. to time. And, and and depending on the leverage they use and the aggressiveness of their models, they can lose a lot of money. Yep. So you have to you have to understand the whole trend following space and the concept. But I like that concept. Um, what about commodities? Another classic alternative that people are talking about. Well, commodities in general are are a play on uh, world growth. Um, yeah. And so when we get back to, you know, the world begin GDP, the world growing, um, then yeah. But right now we're we're seeing for the first time in you know forever, world growth is actually going to go negative this year. I mean, it's, it's a, this is a very ugly climate. What about some? I'm just going running down my list here. Um, what about um, one of the interesting spaces that's opened up? Let's just run through them. Actually, there's infrastructure that's opened up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a Category that wasn't around and now is. There's private equity, which is getting kicked at the moment, and I'm presuming from your, your I imagine you're saying, I imagine you'd imagine you'll carry on getting kicked, but private equity, infrastructure, and actually, let's just talk about those two first private equity and infrastructure. Very different sectors. It, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm not quite certain how to play infrastructure. I mean, you can buy the companies that, you know, make the picks and shovels, um, and, and, you know, that's a um, that's something different than what I would do. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to start looking at companies now at this stage in my life. Uh, though, if I wanted, to, if I decided I wanted to play the infrastructure, I'd probably go find a fund or a manager to do that. Uh, private equity, um, I think, will have. Uh, I mean, it's it's not dead. It's 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 moribund because. They started doing really stupid deals with too much leverage, uh, which gave you, you know, just dumb valuations. Um, you'll start to see deals, uh, maybe not this year, but next year, where uh, stocks have dropped enough, and, and valuation come where management just looks at themselves and says, oh, "No, our, our stock valuation. This is." Stupid. Yeah. We can we can yeah. just we could just look. Some, somebody will come in and give us, you know, uh, lever. We can lever ourselves up three times by ourselves. Um, do this, and we can you know, own a big chunk of the company and, and, and make some money. Well, now, that's a, that's a good. Thing. So that time will come. But that that now. time will come. It's just not now. Uh, I mean, these things you know, they all they all always go in cycles. I think private credit. Is going to be a huge, huge business as the banks uh, are, are constrained. They're having to raise capital. Uh, you're beginning to see uh, funds created um, that that are starting to offer, you know, yeah. trade finance, uh, uh, various forms of, of, of lending, um, and they're going to take market share from the banks. Okay. And, uh, so there's uh, a disaggregation of the finance and banking model. Yeah, and, and 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 you know you uh, you create a fund that you know it uses a little bit of leverage, and you can make you know 
fixed income, you know, type returns, eight, nine, ten percent. Um, and, and that's not a bad return at the end of the day. I mean, remember all the way back when we were first talking about it, in aggregate, the world can't grow its, share, its pie much faster than, than uh, uh, nominal GDP in nominal terms and in real terms, real GDP. That's not 7 to 10% a year. If you can make a portfolio grow 7 8 10% a year for a long period of time, uh, you've done pretty well, thank you. I mean, that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear that we can do 15% because that's what you got in the 90s. <laughs> we think, and that's not a God-given investment right. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.